Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. The Midnight Hour, Acts chapter 16. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16 and stay there. I want to preach the whole story, but I'll only read verses 23 through 32. This is a story of a man named Paul, the Apostle Paul, and his co-worker Silas. They're in the town of Philippi, and they've just been arrested. Verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them there securely. And having received such a charge, The jailer put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God just like we've been doing. And the prisoners were listening to them. An overlooked verse in the Bible And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Not just Paul and Silas's, everybody's. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, Supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. This isn't in my notes, but let me tell you how powerful the presence of God is. It's so powerful that when you're in prison and the doors open, you don't wanna leave. I'd rather be in a church that has the anointing and the presence of God than the most expensive church with the most top-notch paid musicians and some slick preacher that can give you the greatest. I'd rather be in a church where the presence of God is because when you get in the presence of God, that's when something happens and you don't want to leave the presence of God. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. But don't y'all feel the anointing in the word? Praise God. You can be seated this morning. (laughs) So what I'm about to say to you, if you've lived long enough, you know what I'm about to say to you is true. If you've not experienced this in your life, hang on. But things can go from good to bad overnight. You have money in your savings account. You've saved it up. You're proud of it. You're feeling good. 
And then in the middle of winter, your entire HVAC system goes out. And you have to replace it. And it almost wipes out your savings account. You're healthy. You do whatever you want. You go to work. You do, you're feeling good. And you get ready to go to bed and you got the sniffles. And you wake up the next morning sick as a dog and you've got COVID. And now you can't hardly move and you're weak for two, three weeks. Things can go from good to bad overnight. You go to work on Monday. You've been working there for years. You've got job security until the boss calls you in the office and says they're downsizing. I got to let you go. And you walk out the door unemployed. Things can go from good to bad overnight. Paul and Silas experienced a similar sudden downturn in their lives in and their ministry. Everything was great. They just met this young man named Timothy who's going to be the next generation of leader. The churches are growing. They're thriving. People are getting saved. The Holy Spirit is speaking to them. Don't go to this area. Go over to Macedonia. They're being led by the Holy Ghost. They go they meet this woman named Lydia. They preach the gospel. She gets saved. She opens their home. Now they have a base of operations. Everything's going good. They're ministering. When a little slave girl who's demon-possessed starts following them around and speaking the truth, these are the servants of the Most High God who show us the way. How many of you know the Lord doesn't need the devil helping him with ministry? Paul put up with it for a few days and finally turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her, devil. How many believe the devil will still listen to saints of God? How many know we got more power than the devil? And the demon came out. You'd think that was a good thing. The problem was she had a spirit of divination. She could predict the future, and so... Her owners used her to make money. That little scam, scam going on. Now they've lost their income. They work up the crowd. They drag Paul and Silas to the magistrates. They don't know what's going on. They think they're criminals because everybody's screaming and yelling. They can't make sense. So they did what any good government official does. They just do something without checking it out. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. And they beat those men, told the jailer, put them in jail. He puts them in the inner prison. They got their feet fastened to stocks. They can't move. Their backs are beaten and bloody. Nobody knows where they are. Nobody's going to come pay bail to get them out. Now it's midnight. It's the darkest, loneliest time of the night. And they're stuck in a prison. They've moved, if you'll let me play with words, from prime time to the midnight hour. 
You're going to face some midnight hours in your life. Some of you talk to me today. You're in the midnight hour right now. You're going to live right. You're going to serve God. You're going to give your tithes to the Lord. You're going to volunteer. You're going to help people. You're going to do all the right things. You have friends. You have a good marriage. You have a good family. You have a good job. Your life is good. And without warning, you'll find yourself in a place that you do not want to be. Lonely and dark and God seems far away and, and you have more questions than you do answers. You're struggling with your faith. You're tempted to quit on God. The experience leaves you emotionally battered, mentally bruised. You feel trapped. You feel like you can't get out. You're bound. Listen to me. Just because you're saved does not mean that you are exempt from hard times. Let me make a statement to you, and I think it's on the screen, and you would be good to take note of it and maybe even write it down or type it. God uses your pain as part of his plan for your life. I got a lot, of, I got a, you know, we got a vast congregation here, and I got a lot of you who are young adults. A lot of young adults go to this church. Well, let me tell you something. I found out, you know, preaching like this, you think, well, you're preaching to old people, and they, old people go through stuff. Uh-uh, young, young adults go through things. Oh, yeah, trust me. Young adults go through things. I've already met one person this morning, young, who's going through the midnight hour. Joseph had the, the hand of God on his life. I'm talking about Joseph in the Old Testament. But he had to get thrown in a pit and go to Potiphar's house and end up in a prison before he finally made it to the palace. God can use pain as part of his plan for your life. What I'm preaching today is I want you, instead of being devastated and doing the wrong things, I want you in your midnight hour to learn how to trust God. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Yep, we sing it, but it's one thing to sing it on Sunday morning, but it's another thing to leave here and, and, and live in it. But I want you to learn how to trust in God. What do you do in the midnight hour? I can tell you what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to pout and whine and complain and moan and groan. And, you know, and I've learned it's okay to do that for a little while. I mean, we're human. Come on. I, I can groan with the best of them. Now, maybe you're so spiritual, you go right to praying, good for you. But not me. I'm going to gripe a while. Anybody like me? Anybody like me? Lots of you. I'm going to gripe a while. Now, that's just my right. I don't know where it's from, but I just made that up. I want to gripe about it for a little bit. But you can't stay in a state of gripe. Gripe will do nothing for you. But I've met some people that live in a perpetual state of gripe. You see them coming and you go the other way. 
Because if they get a hold of you, you're going to get a gripe session. Tell you the other thing the devil wants you to do. He wants you to quit on God and backslide. Why is that an option? Why is that an option? Are you that little committed to him? Do you only serve? I'm preaching now. You get quiet on me right now. Do you only serve him because he's good to you? I'm preaching to you. Might as well. I got the mic. Might as well. Somebody ought to say it. Do you serve him because of his hand or do you serve him because of his face? Do you serve him because of what he does for you or do you serve him for what he did for you when he saved you from your sins? Plucked you out of hell. Why do you serve him? I'll tell you what Paul and Silas did. We read it. It's right there. It's not not fancy. I don't have to be fancy, but it works. They prayed. Let me ask you a question. I I preach where you live. You You ever felt so bad you didn't feel like praying? I'm your pastor. I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader. I'm supposed to be the preview to your movie. I'm going to tell you right now, I've had lots of times in my life where I didn't feel like praying. And I didn't. You didn't? No, because I didn't feel like it. I'm sorry, some of you more spiritual than me, good for you. But I didn't pray. I've been so mad before I didn't feel like praying. I've been so sick before I didn't feel like praying. I've been so depressed before. I didn't feel like praying. Let me tell you something. Now, you can only do that for a little while too, but there's some point you better start praying. Some point you better start praying. Some point you got to tell God about it. Some point you got to have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. I love the song. He'll hear your faintest cry. He'll answer by and by. Feel a little prayer wheel turning. No little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus. Say it. Makes it. Yeah, make it right. But you got to pray at some point. See, we don't have all the details in this story. Mm-mm, we don't. They threw him in jail 3 o'clock. I don't know. 3 o'clock. Right? Maybe. Who knows? Had to be a crowd, so it couldn't have been it. 11 o'clock at night, they were in the square. So it had to be before 5 because everybody in the world works from 9 to 5. Right? So you got to fill in the blanks. Y'all, y'all with me? So let's say 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. They get beat, thrown in jail, go through incarceration, had to be processed. By 4 o'clock, they're in prison. Eight hours. Eight hours. We don't know what they did. You think they griped a little bit? Well, maybe Paul didn't, but I bet you Silas did. Because senior pastors don't gripe, but the associates do. (laughs) Right? That's what everybody thinks. They gripe. They grumble. They complain. One of them said, let's pray. I don't feel like praying. My back hurts. My back hurts. My back's, I think they beat me more than you, Paul. Well, that's because you're associate pastor. (laughs) See, we don't know. 
Matter of fact, what we do know, they might not have done anything for eight hours. Because if they prayed any sooner, it would be there in the scriptures. At four o'clock, they began to pray and sing songs. Is that what it says? Five o'clock? Six o'clock? Seven o'clock? No. This is why God calls people like me, because we see stuff. Isn't that interesting? I see stuff. Y'all are maybe not seeing this before. I'm seeing stuff for eight hours, nine hours, maybe longer. They didn't pray. They didn't sing. That doesn't make you unspiritual. It just makes you human. But you can't just be human. At some, y'all listen to me, don't write me off. At some point, you got to be, say it. Some point, you got to move from going to the doctor to saying, God, we're praying for the healing. Some point, you got to leave the banker and say, God, I need a financial miracle. Some point, you got to walk out of the attorney's office and say, they're not giving me any hope. Jesus, you're my advocate. You're my attorney. I need the righteous judge to step in on my behalf. So at the midnight hour, they prayed. Some point they cried out to God. <clears throat> that song that I just pulled out, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. You, you know, that's, did you know that's a, Bible, that's a Bible verse? It's Psalm 34. Psalm 34, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. They pulled that straight out of the Bible. You're singing the word. And let me tell you right now, I'm just help you. I'm preaching, and we're going to get in these altars. You don't play a, pray a now I lay me down to sleep prayer. You don't pray a God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food prayer. You pray a get down to business with Jesus prayer. And God can handle it. You get some fire, you get some passion, you cry. You might raise your voice at the Lord. He can handle it. He can handle it. Pour your heart out to God. And I'm telling you, the effectual, fervent prayer. When you are so burdened, so lonely, so down, so depressed, so desperate that you are crying out and your voice is loud and there are tears running down your face and you're beating the table and the floor while you're praying, God, I need you. God, where are you? God, I've got to have you. Let me tell you, that's the prayer that will get a hold of God. That's the prayer that affects much. Get ready. Things are going to start working on your behalf when you get a hold of God like that. You might even have to pray in tongues. And I'm Pentecostal and I'm gonna preach on praying in tongues. Thank God for praying in the Spirit. Thank God when I've run out of words to say and I've moaned and groaned enough and then the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry for all you folks that don't believe in praying in tongues, but I'm telling you, I do. I've already done it today and there are times when I've hit the bottom and I don't know what to say or do anymore and then the Holy Ghost comes on me and I pray in a language that is not my own. Listen, I know a little Spanish. I know a little French. If I can speak French and Spanish, I can pray in a heavenly language. I don't have a problem with it. Mm, my God, I felt this streak of glory hit me right then. Sometimes when you pray in tongues, you don't know what you're saying. We pray in mysteries, the Bible says. But you get up knowing everything is going to be all right. 
There's a divine strength that comes in you. It's for personal edification. And when you write off that spiritual event, it's sad because you're missing out on a mighty spiritual moment with the Holy Ghost. And then they sang hymns to God. I usually sing when I'm happy, but sometimes you have to sing when you're unhappy. I'm going to teach you this. I'm teaching you this morning. I'm trying to help you. There is power in that kind of singing. And it's hard to sing when you're down. Usually you lose your, you lose your song. But sometimes you have to sing anyway. And I've had moments in my life where I've been in the midnight hour. And then you'll sing certain kinds of songs. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. You don't feel the Lord in this place, but you sing it anyway. You're still Lord. You're still my Father. I don't feel you. But you're still, Lord, in little or much. I'm singing this by faith, God. I still feel your touch. I don't feel anything, God, but I'm singing by faith. You're still, Lord. You're still, Lord. You're still my Father. You'll always be mine. For all of time, you're still, Lord. Sometimes you just got to sing by faith. Shout Jesus on the mountain, Jesus in the street, Jesus on my family, every enemy, what is it? Jesus on my family, I speak the mighty name, Jesus. Sometimes you just got to sing anyway. And I've learned when you sing anyway, it's like a yet praise. It's a yet praise. How many know singing is part of praise? So it's a yet praise. Still praise. I preach this so many times. One of my favorite kind of preaching. For those of you who never heard it or forgot, let me remind you. I yet praise him. I don't feel like praising him, but I'm still going to praise him. I don't feel the Holy Ghost, but I'm still going to sing. I don't feel any difference in my life, but I'm still going to lift him up. I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm struggling right now, but I'm still gonna say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, glory be to God. I still praise you. That's a yet praise. And I found there's power in that kind of praise because God knows it's a sacrifice and God knows that you're doing it not because you feel it, but because you don't feel it. God knows you're doing it out of faith. You're just trying to trust him. God, listen to this preacher this morning. God, your father will not ignore you when you do those things. His heart is touched when you say, I'm gonna praise you anyhow. I'm gonna pray anyhow. I'm gonna sing anyhow. God is touched, and I'm telling you today, God will begin to move in your life. My God, I'm preaching to you this morning. Y'all all right? 
watching the clock because I want to get in these altars. How you respond in the midnight hour is critical because people are watching you. Verse 25 says, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I'll preach this quick. They were in the same predicament as Paul and Silas. Bound, probably beaten, it's dark, it's lonely. They're without hope, they're without Jesus. But when Paul and Silas, by faith, took them maybe eight, nine hours to get there, but when they started singing and praying, it demonstrated the reality of their faith, the depth of their faith. Listen to me, and what they did was their testimony. It was a witness. See, witnessing is not just telling people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Witnessing sometimes is just showing Jesus when you're going through hell. It's showing Jesus when you're through the midnight hour. See, the world knows what to do when life gets rough. They, they get drunk. They take drugs. They go on a shopping spree. Why are there some husbands looking at wives right now? I've caught two or three of you right then. I did. They vent on Facebook. They get depressed. But they know you're saved. What do you do when you experience life's difficulties and they're watching you? You don't ignore reality. But listen to me, you don't do what the world does. I've seen believers go through the midnight hour and then decide to go drink. They confess it to me later. I said, you did what? I just went and bought a six-pack. Okay. Did it help? No. Well, then why'd you go and do it for You don't do. What the world does. You're in the world, but you're not. So we don't do what the world does, even though we live in the world. We do what born again believers do. You lean on God. You walk in faith. You manifest joy and peace and love even though you're in the midnight hour. And you keep on singing. Keep on going to church. Keep on doing the right things. And when sinners see how you handle life's difficulties and then they see God beginning to work in you, it's your testimony. And it draws them to the Jesus in you. I've been witnessing for people in my work for 12 years. I can't get anybody saved. Why don't you go through a midnight hour? That might be what it'll take for people to watch how you respond in the midnight hour. And what I want to finish with, come on, musicians. 
is that God responded to Paul and Silas. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Have you ever heard this sermon preached? There's a great way to preach it. The Bible says, now this is sensational, but it's fun. Might be true. We'll get to heaven and ask the Lord. The Bible says that the heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool. Do you know that's in the Bible? Leah's got some of those cushions in the house I prop my feet up on. And somebody said the Lord had his feet down on the earth and it was right near Philippi and he started hearing Paul and Silas singing those hymns. And it sounded so good he started tapping his feet. And when it did, it sent an earthquake through Philippi. Now, I don't know that it happened that way, but here's what I do know. God heard their prayers and their praise. And he'll hear you when you cry out and when you sing in faith. And what is amazing to me is that what God did for Paul and Silas, he did for all the prisoners. The favor of God may not be fair, and yes, God blesses his children, but there is a good testimony to others that if you'll trust the Lord... Two, if you say to people, look, I'm going through it, but if you'll trust the Lord too, what he did for me, he can do for you. If he healed somebody else, let me just remind you today, he can heal you. If he delivered someone else from a drug addiction, he can deliver you. If he restored someone else's marriage, he can restore your marriage. If he worked a miracle for somebody else, he can work a miracle in your life. If he made a way for another child of God, he'll make a way for you. He'll make a way where there is no way because that's the kind of God he is. The last thing I preach is for the sake of the gospel. The Philippian jailer came running in, saw the doors open, thought the prisoners had escaped. And if you don't understand that's part of the story, there is a cultural aspect you have to grab a hold of to have a, a defining moment in the story. Under Roman law, if a prisoner escaped, the jailer was held responsible for him and thus he was executed. So when he saw the doors open, he assumed that all the prisoners had fled. And instead of suffering under the executor's hand, he took a sword and was going to commit suicide. That was the desperation of his life. May I, may I typify this man? May I, may, I put, may, may I make him emblematic? He represents people who all their life, all they've known is incarceration and bondage and sin. He represents a man whose entire life, the threat of death hangs over him for the wages of sin is death. But when he experienced the liberating power of God, Paul and Silas came in and said, do yourself no harm, we're all here. The man cried out and said, what must I do to be saved? And I like to preach it this way. Two prisoners set the jailer free. And they preached the gospel to him and told him about Jesus. 
a Jewish rabbi who was more than a man but was the son of God, robed in flesh, who died on an old Roman rugged cross, but three days later came out of the tomb and sits at the right hand of God as our Savior and Deliverer. And you've lived under death your whole life, not just as a jailer, but as a sinner. But the Lord can save you. And the Bible says the man put his trust in the Lord, and not just him, but his entire household put their faith in the Lord and asked Jesus to come in their heart and forgive them of their sins. And his whole family was saved. You see, how you respond in the midnight hour might even win somebody to Jesus. I'm so glad Terry told that story about Sloan. He illustrated my sermon for me. They were in the midnight hour. And all he could do was pray, even if it was a one-word prayer. And then they took him to church and got him in the presence of the Lord. Got him in the sanctuary. Thy way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. That's why you ought to come to church. And when they got him in the sanctuary and the elders of the church anointed him and prayed for him and laid hands on him, God kept his word and the power of God healed that little two-year-old. And what he didn't tell you was the young man just got married recently. I want you to stand with me in this house. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.